I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. episode 29. I haven't <laughs> fact checked that, but I think it is episode 29. Welcome back. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving break. I had a little pre-Thanksgiving break that led into a Thanksgiving break. So mazel to me. Um, super, super exciting episode for all of us this week. I have an exclusive hour-long interview with Gretchen Rossi. Gretchen Christine, or as I always will forever think of her, Gretchen Christine Butte. Um, guys, it's incredible. It's kind of amazing. My last question to Gretchen was, um, sassy, kind of shit story. Uh, I so appreciated 
her responses, talking about her business, how she came on the show, all that good stuff. Um, so look forward to that in just a couple minutes. We will have an all new Andy's Girls next week, breaking down all things Atlanta. I know we haven't covered it yet. I am so not caught up, <laughs> even a little bit. Um, so I'm super looking forward to doing a little Atlanta binge um, this week and weekend so that we can all talk about Cynthia and Peter's divorce, um, Kenya's more manner, Chateau Sheree, thrilled that Sheree is back, by the way, like super, super thrilled. Um, I'm curious to talk with my guest next week about if we feel that Nini's presence has been really felt or not, which I feel like it hasn't been. I think it's kind of all systems go with what will likely be a really, really great season. And also talking about Candy's baby daddy. I mean, like, I need to take a good 30 to 47 seconds to talk about how disgusting I think that man is. So anyway, stay tuned for that next week. Also, um, Mazel to Apollo on his new prison break engagement. I mean, must Mr. President and Prince attend? Please, God, let those children stay far away and continue with their wonderful childhoods. Will the wedding colors be orange and silver? I just, you know, will Joe, Judy J, Judice, Judice be best man? How is this all going to break down, if not break out? I can't wait to never hear more about that ever again. Um, and in other, perhaps happier news, mazel to Megan King Edmonds and Jimmy Light My Candle Edmonds on Baby Aspen. So glad your baby's name is Aspen and not like go-kart or whatever it was that she was hope or cope or I don't even remember what she was saying on the show but it was something terrible um congrats to them on a beautiful baby I I personally will never want to hear about your birth story but I'm so thrilled that people.com has the exclusive and the baby is adorable um so congrats on that. And and speaking of mazels, I'd like to congratulate Vicki Gumbelson for going full Ursula this season, certainly in the um, reunion recaps. And, you know, pretending that whisper gossip won't in some way influence or distract people by intimating that David is a physical abuser and Eddie might be gay in order to distract from Brooks and the rubber bracelet Michigas is um, awful and I think gross and terrible and sort of successful. I mean, she's saying this is similar to what the ladies said about Brooks before, but what they said happened to be true and it wasn't malicious gossip being whispered about for no reason. But I'm glad at least she's taking a a point in doing something, even though it's kind of atrocious. And on that note, I, I just have to say that I thought it was genuinely painful to see Shannon have to refute claims about abuse when she's already been um, more than open about the troubles in um, her marriage. And I didn't like it. I'd rather not talk about it again. And Eddie maybe being gay. I mean, I think he's Latin. <laughs> don't know if he's on the DL, but um, I really actually <laughs> genuinely did enjoy talking about that with Gretchen, so I have to say stay tuned for that. Um, speaking of Gretchen, I'm just going to say something, and 
I think many of our listeners will agree. And and here's what I have to say. In thinking about next season of OC, and by the way, guys, this season of OC, one of the best bar none in history, 100% phenomenal all the way through, even points where you just felt like, or where I at least felt incredibly upset and angry and whatever. I just, it was, it was giving me a lot. There was so much this season. And just in thinking about the fact that allegedly Megan King Edmonds, um, is moving to St. Louis to be with her husband full time and make candles and light the candles and blow out the candles. Um, there is going to be an opening in the cast and I'm just going to, um, throw something out there, guys. I think 1000% that Gretchen should be back on OC. I think she gets the show now more than ever before. And I think she's actually also ready to fight, uh, in the interview, which you guys are going to love so much. She says at one point that Tamara is the Porsche of OC, which is super shady. And, um, I think she's kind of ready to be back in the mix, especially because she's like BFF now with Vicky and Kelly, which would be, I have to say, if she was back, a crazy, hilarious, amazing alliance if it happened. One note, I didn't talk about babies with Gretchen, and I didn't talk about wedding plans with Slade in the conversation with Gretchen. I was much more curious about how she got on the show. That answer might surprise you. What she thinks about Tamara, she has a lot to say. Um, Some real shade about Dame Dubrow, and also something about Tamara's involvement and understanding in Bravo's about threats against her life, which was a moment that I uh, found incredibly unexpected and interesting and sort of scary about what happens when you get on um, reality TV. Uh, So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Kelly's emotional responses and some of her body shaming on Instagram. We'll talk about how a Tamra frenemy convinced Gretchen to reach out to Vicky, what their friendship is like today. And of course, you guys, we discuss Naked Wasted. Guys, Naked Wasted. We talk about Naked Wasted and her thoughts on Ireland maybe being the redux. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoy it. Tell me online your thoughts. Lord knows you will. Subscribe. Follow us on iTunes. I know how much you love our audio and want it to remain exactly as it is now per our iTunes reviews. So if you like what we're we're doing, just um, give me a shout. Um, more info on Gretchen Christine can be found at GretchenChristine.com and um, enjoy. I'll see you next week. Okay, bye guys. Andy's Girls listeners, a very special interview. I am so thrilled to be joined by Gretchen Rossi, Gretchen Christine herself, who, as we all know, joined the Real Housewives of Orange County in season four and has remained a hot topic on and off the show ever since. She's an entrepreneur with her Gretchen Christine collection covering fashion, handbags, and home decor. She's a beauty expert through the Gretchen Christine cosmetics and a constant presence on social media. Gretchen Rossi, it is such a pleasure to be talking with you today. Well, goodness, I... I appreciate the introduction. I feel like a superstar after that. Um, well, I think you kind of are, which is why I'm so thrilled to be speaking with oh. you. Uh, so how was your Thanksgiving, first off? 
You know what? It was fabulous. It's so funny. Um, this year, my family was kind of spread out. Some some people were traveling, and my parents were up north, and so it was one of the first Thanksgivings that we did uh, Friendsgiving, and we went to um, basically a stranger's house, and we didn't know, but our friend brought us along with them, and it was incredible. I mean, they had a table set for 40 people. On oh, my God. Yeah, like they have 40 people there. They catered the whole thing. Um, it was um, in downtown L.A. on this gorgeous terrace up on the 12th floor overlooking all of the city, and we were just kind of spoiled rotten. And I was like, hmm, I kind of like this gig where I don't have to cook or clean or any of this. Oh, my God, I love it. So it was a lot of fun. How about yours? Do you have a good thing? I did. Yeah, I went home to Rhode Island. Um, I live here in New York City, so it was like a quick day trip, believe it or not, um, wow. on the Amtrak, sort of, you know, straight to my parents' home, stuff myself silly, <laughs> straight back to New uh-huh. York, which was great. That's funny, though. I love the train. I love going on the train because it gives you some time to just kind of relax and enjoy yourself and, and look at the view and kind of just, you know, take a break from, from the busy life. Oh, totally. 100%. Um, so I would love to talk to you a little bit about um, what you've been working on with the Gretchen Christine collection. What's the newest item that you've designed that you feel really excited about? Well, gosh, that's like a long list because I'm constantly, you know, we we are just like any other, you know, fashion company out there that is is producing new stuff for every season. So um, that's an ongoing process for us. But sorry, I get my coat off. Okay, there we go. Oof. Um, but you know, the thing that I think I'm I'm super excited about is uh, this new collaboration that I'm doing with um, with a company called Enance. And um, it's a company out of Florida, and they have a couple boutiques down there, and they just have some amazing um, uh, fashion pieces and uh, bikinis and all of this stuff. And I'm going to be working with them as the new creative director of um, of the line. So Gretchen Christine for Enance is, is my latest project. And um, my fans and my customers are going to have access to over 10,000 uh, new products coming into the Shop Fresh and Christine site. So it's pretty exciting. That's <laughs> amazing. And how do, you, um, how do you feel that your role on Housewives has helped to further and build your branding and social media presence? Well, you know what? I mean, I was just so blessed to have such an incredible fan base um, that just really kind of uh, gravitated towards me, my my fashion sense, and you know, my beauty tips and tricks. And you know, I was so I was so lucky and so blessed that the fans just really uh, you know looked to me for that. So it's been such an honor to represent them in that in those different categories and to bring uh, new styles and new um, looks and also new products to the marketplace that are really functional for, you know, the 2016 woman. I mean, you know, nowadays, you know, your bag isn't just your bag anymore. I mean, it's become, you know, a very functional thing, something that you can take to work and something that you can go out to dinner with or something that you end up using to carry all your baby stuff in or whatever it is, you know. So, um, and, and really the... Housewives was basically the launching pad for me. 
mean, I remember the inspiration behind my handbag collection was I was wearing this 3000 or carrying this $3,000 Versace handbag on the show, and so many people wrote in to me and said, oh my gosh, I love your handbag, where can I find it? And as I was responding to many of these um, fans, I was like, oh, it's a Versace handbag, and the emails that were coming back, they were just so depressed, and they were like, oh my gosh, I could never afford that, you know, but thanks for letting me know. And as I was receiving these emails, I was getting saddened by, you know, the disappointment in the fans, thinking like, oh, I could never have access to high-end fashion like that. And that was really, um, you know, the the launching pad for Gretchen Christine, because I said, you know what, this isn't fair. Like, everybody should have access to gorgeous, beautiful, high-end fashion that has all the bells and whistles. So, like, for instance, you know, a lot of the, the nicer handbags have the feet on the bottom, or they have a lot of embellishments on it. They have a lot of, you know special bling or danglers or whatever it is on it or, you know, special lining or, or whatever details, um, you know, that these designer handbags had. And I really just wanted to bring that to the customer and make them feel like they have this gorgeous designer handbag but didn't break the bank in order to have access to that. So 100%. that's what did the, the uh, Gretchen Christine handbag question. And the same thing kind of happened with the makeup. I mean, I had so many people asking me about my makeup and, I'd say, oh, you know, this is Clay de Poe, and they'd be like, that's a $100 foundation. I can never afford that. So I quickly learned that if I could bring something to the marketplace that was, you know, good quality, that wasn't super cheap, but was good quality, but was fairly priced, that um, that was something that the fans really wanted, and, and they did, and it was, you know, the, the lines were launched to great success, thankfully. When did you make the transition from real estate into being, which is a form of being an entrepreneur when you think about it and developing a client list and, you know, um, and being responsible for your own PR and marketing and all of that. When did that transition into full-time, um, you know, uh, empire building yeah. with your company? Well, I think really what it came down to was, um, well, first of all, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My parents um, owned and started their own business, and I and I grew up around that, um, and admired that and loved that. Um, and then, yes, when I when I became a real estate agent, I really learned the um, you know the the what it takes to have a strong work ethic. I mean, you you really have to be the person that gets up every morning and goes to work and makes it happen. It's not going to happen for you. So I found myself as a 24-year-old girl working 80 hours a week, literally 80 hours a week, oh my God. Uh, to be at the top of my game. And I was working for one of the top real estate agents in, in town. And uh, by age 27, I was, you know, buying a million-dollar home all by myself. So, you know, a lot of people didn't know that about me on the show. They, they, you know, the perception of who I was on the show when they first met me was, oh, I was dating this wealthy man and that's right. why I made any money. But the truth is, is that I was a very successful real estate agent all on my own. You know, I have the plaque in my office that shows I was in the top 7% internationally of Coldwell Banker, which is one of the largest um, real estate firms in the world. So, you know, I did very well for myself, but that was from a lot of hard work and dedication and and really, you know, getting up every day, forcing myself to make it happen. So, and the transition from 
real estate into fashion and design really was very really came very naturally and it's, and it seems odd because it doesn't seem like it's in the same space but what I found myself doing when I was selling real estate is that I love interior design it's my favorite thing like if I could be an interior designer I would do that in a heartbeat um, which I, I technically do it I just you know I don't have necessarily like a degree in that area so um, so I ended up getting hired by a lot of my clients that I sold homes to to furnish their homes and design oh, great. from the inside. Yeah. So I, and actually Jeff was one of my very first clients, the one that Jeff, um, my late fiance, right. he, I sold him a home. That's how we met. And then I ended up uh, designing the whole inside of his home. And um, that's how we got to know each other and fall in love and all of that. But um, because I started doing that, because my love of just design and all that came out there, you know, Jeff was asking me, what, what's the one thing you would be your dream job or what you boys want to do? And I said, I've always wanted to be in the fashion and beauty space, but my parents kind of always kept me away from that because they said it was a very difficult business and unreliable business and, you know, it's hard to make it in that. So um, Jeff really encouraged me to go after my dreams in the first season of Housewives. Um, you know, like I said, I was super blessed that the fans were just reaching out to me, asking me about my fashion and beauty and hair tips and all that jazz. So it just was a natural transition for me. So I've always, I really have always been a designer. I mean, I literally make the joke that I came out of my mom's womb with a, a boa and lipstick on. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> so I've always loved fashion. You know, I was the fashionista of my house growing up and my sister, my mom, my dad, my brother would all come up to me and be like, how does this look? You know, help me put this look together. Or my sister always asked me to help her with her makeup or her hair or whatever. So I've always kind of just been in that in that space and loved it. But, you know, really where I could ignite that passion was, was through my platform with Housewives. Awesome. And speaking of your platform with Housewives, how did you um, join the cast? How did production find out about you or did you find out about production? What was that process like? So that was all Slay Smiley's fault. Um, <laughs> uh, ironically, Slay and I were very good friends uh, for 10 years and I actually used to go on double dates with him and Joe. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? That is and phenomenal. I know. It's such an interesting story. But me and my um, ex-husband now, uh, we we went on a couple double dates and we hung out. And we were all good friends. And, and Slade and I knew each other from the real estate business. I was a top-selling real estate agent, and he was um, a, he owned a title company, so he was a title rep that would go around to all the offices. So he would come into my office and he would do a lot of my title orders for uh, for my escrows. So uh, that's how we got to know each other, and we were just very very good friends. And you know, when we would go on double dates, we never thought anything about each other. It was never like that. And, um, and then let's see, it was, it was, um, the year after Joe and him left the show, mm -hmm. uh, production had come to Slade and said, Hey, do you know anybody that would be a good replacement for you and Joe? Like you guys were young, you were hip, you were fun, you know, we're looking for somebody like that. And I guess immediately Slade, um, said, you know, I know this girl Gretchen, I think she'd be great. Oh my God. Yeah. So he's the one that actually recommended me to them. And we were at a party one night, a mutual friend's party, and he was talking to me about it. And I was like, no way, you're smoking crack. Like, I'm never going to do the show. That's not my cup of tea. Like, this whole thing. And he was like, no, I really think you should do it. 
And so the next morning, like 7 a.m., my phone would not stop ringing from the casting girl trying to get me to come and interview. And I, like, was so mad that Slade had given them my number. And they were calling me for, like, the next three days. And finally, Jeff was like, honey, I think you should just really go, you know, see what the opportunity is and go talk to them. And I was like, I really don't want to do it. So long story short, which I'm making it very long, um, they they really found me. I mean, they really came after me. And then um, when I went and interviewed, it was just done after I interviewed. We spoke with the girl that interviewed me told me. She just said, you were, you were perfect. You were fun. You were just raw. You were real. And, um, and I think that, you know, quite honestly, I think they love the story of, you know, some young, pretty girl dating some right. older man. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, here was me, little Miss Naive Gretchen, like, oh, this would be fun, you know? This could be, you know, cool. Like, they were so nice, and they were so good. And they said that, you know, the girls all just hang out and go to lunch. And, you know. Oh, my <laughs> I had God. Yeah, no the uh, the shitstorm, firestorm that I would be walking into with these women and, you know, how much they would come to, you know, despise and hate me and try to destroy me and my character. So, you know, that was that was a, a little rude awakening for me because Jeff was Jeff was ultimately the reason why I made the decision to move forward with it because he had cancer at the time, as we all know. And right. every day it was about the hospital and the doctors and the cancer. And he was like, you know, honey, I'd love it if we had, you know, just something different, something fun to, to look forward to every day. So he was really the reason I did the show. And uh, looking back, I'm like, mm, was that the best decision I could have made? <laughs> Do you ever regret doing it? I mean, in so many ways, it, it sort of opened up these opportunities where if you were interested in pursuing design, there was already kind of a... Um, uh, an audience of people interested in hearing more. I mean, is that, do you think it balances out some of the negativity that comes with being on Housewives? Yes. I mean, listen, there's definitely a lot of positive and there's definitely a lot of negative. And I think ultimately for me, sadly, the negative became a lot more than the positive and that's part of the reason I left the show. And a lot of people don't know that true story because sadly, camera, you know, put out in the press, I got fired and all that, but she really didn't know the story and she really wasn't part of, of any of those um, talks and what went down at the very end. Um, but the truth is, is that the show became extremely toxic and, um, you know, people like Tamara and some other cast members can make up any lie they want to make about you and they can spread rumors and they can say anything and to the point where it truly can damage your reputation and and it just really was something that I didn't want to be a part of anymore. It was it was too negative. I was literally finding myself crying constantly, you know, going to sleep thinking, you know, these women can just say or do anything and they have no remorse. They have no care in the world that you are completely, you know, destroying somebody's business or somebody's um, marriage or somebody's, you know, reputation. They just didn't care. And so, um, for me, it, the negative overwhelmed the positive. However, with that said, I will say that there is so many positive things that have come out of it right. that it's hard, it's hard to be regretful of it because so many great things came out of it. I mean, I, you know, have the most amazing, loyal fans that anybody could ever ask for. I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful that three years after leaving the show that so many people are still 
um, you know, so supportive and still follow everything I do and, and, you know, still engage with me on social media. Um, and then, you know, obviously the opportunities that came from it. I mean, who can say that they got to go be on Oprah's show just because right. of Half-Lives or, you know, I mean, there's definitely some amazing, wonderful things that have come out of it. And, um, you know, I did have a great platform to launch my businesses and really, you know, allow my passion to, to be introduced to the world. So I, I, I will never, never forget that and never be regretful of those parts, but, there's definitely been some hard knocks along the way with being on the show, for sure. Which housewives do you keep in touch with? So, um, I keep in touch with, well, I don't know if you know this, but Vicky and I kind of made up over this last year. Yes! So, where, how did that happen, first <laughs> That was a surprise to many people. I would love yes. to know how you guys circled back and made peace. Hold on, let me turn off this alarm. Yeah, do it. It's an alarm going off because we're about to talk about Vicki Gumbelson somehow. Right? That's funny. It's, like, <laughs> it's a beep, 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 beep. That is so funny. It was the alarm set for you, and I thought I'd turn it off, but it keeps... <laughs> okay, so I don't know where it went, but okay. Um, so, so, okay, so what happened was... This is, this is kind of an interesting story. It might be a little long, so I apologize. No, do but, it. Um, the, that last, the season that she was on and getting so grilled about Brooks and the cancer thing and the scam and yada, 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 yada. Um, you know, there was this part of me that, you know, this devilish side to me, I guess, if you will, which I don't have a devilish side, but meaning if I, when I say devilish, I mean like, this is the, this is the human nature side, the sinful side of a, of a human being, right? Got it, got it. When, when that was all happening to her. Um, there was this part of me that was like, karma's a bitch, ain't it, right? Like, yes. it's like coming back a hundred times fold to you, like, you know, you, you talk so much shit about my guy, you talk so much shit about that, 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 um, and, and I said it on, on Watch What Happens with Andy, he said, you know, how do you think about what's happening? And I said, uh, I said, karma's a bitch, your name is Megan. And I was referencing how Megan was basically calling her out on, on all this stuff. Because Absolutely. Yeah, because for years, Vicki and Tamara, you know, said all the time that I was lying about stuff and me and Slade and yada, yada, yada. So, um, so that's how I felt initially. But what was weird was as the show continued on and as the berating and, you know, some of the girls caught bullying continued, um, it was really strange. There was this, this side of me who is truly who I am as a person that had this very soft spot for her and I felt really sad for her because I just know exactly how it feels to be berated by these women and to be, you know, told you shouldn't be dating a person and, you know, just to have some, these girls coming after you and every single one of them just turned on her. And I know that feeling because that happened to me my last season and it was, it was devastating. It was very, very hard. And, and it was hard for me to understand because at least with Vicky's situation, like, there was a reason that they all, all of a sudden hated her. With me, I don't even know when that transition happened or what I did to them to make them all not like me. It was just, it was odd. It was really weird for me. Um, but I literally just started to feel really bad for her. And then we had a mutual friend that actually used to be best friends with Tamara. Um, yeah, we had a mutual friend that started reaching out to me because 
he was speaking with Tamara a lot, and I mean, not with Tamara, with Vicky a lot, and he was telling me, you know, Vicky's just so depressed, like she's hurting, she's sad, you know, this has been really hard on her. And one night he just said, you know, I really think you should call her. Like, you're the only person that truly understands this. Right. And I was like, me, call her. I was like, no way. Like, I'm not calling her. Like, that's so weird. Like, I've talked to her in two years. Like, you know, she's, she's not, I don't even know if she's going to think it's, like, authentic if I call her. Or what. Like, I was, like, so, like, worried about calling her. Well, about an hour later, I was praying and I was, you know, thinking through things. And I just thought, you know what? Like, I know how she feels. I've been there. It's the most horrible thing when, when these women come after you and attack you on this level. And I said, I'm just going to call her. What, 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 what do I care? Like, I should just call her and say, I'm here, I'm here as an ear if you want somebody to talk to. So I did. And it was really interesting because when I called her, she was, she was very upset. She was crying. And she was so grateful that I had called. And I think a little surprised you know, out of anybody that I was the person that was reaching out to her. Absolutely. Um, and so it was interesting because we talked for a couple hours and I just, you know, I tried to talk her through it and tried to calm her down and tried to just explain to her that, you know, sadly this was part of the show and that the women sometimes when they, they're out to get a certain person, they're just going to take it to every level they want to take it to and it doesn't matter. And, you know, I just, I really tried to talk her through it. And I think ever since then, it's just really helped us mend our relationship. Now, obviously, overnight, we didn't become best friends by any means. And by the way, we're still not best friends. But my point being is that it took, it t- it's taken, it, this was now a good year and a half, I think, mm-hmm. since I've been since So it's taken a good year and a half for us to really get to a point where we really go, yeah, we're friends and we like each other and we're, we're getting to know each other off of camera. And, you know, she's, she's learned to trust me and I've learned to trust her and, you know, we now go out and have fun and laugh together and have good times. So, you know, she was just at my birthday party a couple months ago or a month ago. So, you know, it's it's been a very uh, organic and authentic uh, development of, of a rekindling of of our relationship. I can't even say friendship because I'm not even sure we were ever friends, but <laughs> you know, of our relationship. So, it's been nice and it's been it's been cool to get to know her off of the camera. You know, outside of camera. And is she the person? Yeah. Is she the Sorry, person that know. is she the person that introduced you to Kelly? No. So, how the the friendship with Kelly happened was okay. So I was watching the preview for the new season coming up, and they showed where Kelly said to Shannon, where Shannon goes, "You can't call people ugly," and Kelly said back to her but she was ugly right right and I literally like I think I had like a beer in my mouth and I literally spit <laughs> the beer out when I saw that like it like literally came out through my nose the whole thing and I was like are you kidding me this chick just said this and I like rewound it like 20 times I'm laughing my ass off not because I think that it's funny to call somebody ugly by any means I thought it was incredibly different than anything I had ever seen on these shows. Like, you see people just being so, you know, in a box of who they want to be and what they want to say and da-da-da. And I just immediately was like, I like this girl. Like, this girl's got some fire and spice, and she's, you know, she's fighting back with these girls. And, it, and you know, I think that Orange County really needed that spice, really needed somebody to come in and call these girls out on all their crap. And I think that Kelly was 
the girl that did it this year. And when I watched that and I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, I really like I did this girl. So I went on Twitter immediately and I'm like, if she's willing to say it on TV, I bet she's going to be a spitfire on social media, right? 100%. So I went on Twitter. I went on Twitter and I started following her right away. Well, Lizzie and um, Kelly had met through Vicky at a at Vicky's Fourth um, of July party or something. And so when I started following Kelly, Liz, or when I started following Kelly on Twitter, I guess Kelly immediately texted Lizzie and said, "Oh my God, Gretchen started following me on Twitter. I'd love to go to lunch with her and meet her." And so Lizzie texted me and said, hey, Kelly wants to go to lunch. Are you available tomorrow? And I was like, tomorrow? And I was like, actually, I am, <laughs> which is like a first because I'm never, you know, available that, that quick in advance. But, or that quick in, whatever. You know what the saying is. Totally. Um, that was such a housewife statement of mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I was like, I go, actually, you know, tomorrow would work really well for me. And so um, we went to lunch, and then Kelly, I guess, called Vicky and said, you know, I'm going to lunch with Gretchen. Do you want to come? And Vicky's like, actually, yeah, I'd love to come. So anyway, so we went to lunch. We had the best time ever. I mean, we literally giggled the whole time. During the lunch, Vicky, <laughs> Vicky was funny. Vicky started texting Andy Cohen. Oh, my God. Back to the show. And then she, then she called Andy and was like, FaceTimed Andy, and was like, Andy, you need to bring Gretchen and Lizzie back to the show. And we were just like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. Like, Andy must think you're, like, crazy. And Andy's literally like, did aliens invade your body? <laughs> She's like, what happened to Vicky? Like, you hated Gretchen. So it was really kind of funny and cute just, you know, the whole day and what had happened. And we just we really just giggled and laughed and told stories and, and uh you know, it was just, it was a fun day. So, um, so ever since then, I mean, literally Kelly and I became fast, fast friends. I mean, we just hit it off. We, we have each other's sense of humor. We have each other's, um, we just kind of get each other. I don't know how to explain it. And I kind of feel like she's almost like, um, what's the, she's like my ultra ego. Yeah. She's like that, 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 uh, that, you know, sinful side of me that I was talking about earlier that, you know, all of us as humans, you know, we all, we all sin. And it's like, she has that, that side of me that's like, there's so many times that the stuff that she said, I've wanted to say, but I've held back because I, that's just not who I like to be. And it's like, I, I need to be, you know, proper and I'm representing my family and I'm a Christian. And like all those reasons that you normally hold back on, you know, saying what sometimes you might be feeling, um, it, she says. And so it's kind of funny because sometimes when she says it, I'm like, oh, thank God somebody said it. But I, I'm not the I'm not the type to go that far or to, to to just say anything that could potentially hurt somebody's feelings or whatever. And the thing I love about Kelly is that she gives zero fucks. I mean, she really does. Hundred percent. Yeah, and she's just like, I don't care. This is how it is. And I'm like, and I wish there's a part of me that wishes I had a little bit more of that in me because I think sometimes I do care a little too much about what somebody thinks or about you know hurting somebody's feelings, even to the detriment of myself. And I wish that sometimes I would be a little bit more, um, you know, brazen to, to be able to say some of the things that she says. But so I think that's why we've become fast friends is that we just, we get each other and we, and she's just a really raw, real girl. And I appreciate that so much. Like, I don't care if you don't like me, but give it to me straight. And that's how Kelly is. And, that, and that's the kind of girlfriend I like having. Did you advise either um, Kelly or Vicky on 
prepping for this season as production went on and maybe even the reunion? I mean, it was Kelly's first season. She, I'm sure she um, knew how much pressure would be on her as the season went on. Was there ever a moment where she, you know, sought your counsel on, especially when it comes to dealing with Tamara on the best way to sort of battle that? During the reunion? You're wanting the juice, aren't you? You're wanting the juice big time. I mean, listen, a little bit of tea. <laughs> um, so, here's the thing. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I kind of met Kelly, I want to say, I, don't, I can't remember if they were still filming. I want to say it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of time left they had to filming. I want to say maybe a month, two months at the most. Maybe, or maybe they had already filmed everything. I can't remember. No, they had already filmed everything. That's right, because they had just got home from the trip from Ireland. And oh God! About the trip from Ireland. Yeah. So there was, and that's when Kelly was like, "I'm like, whoa, this chick camera is like a little over the top for me." Um, so she, um, I, the only advice that I ever gave her was to just be yourself. And I said, don't listen to anything else, but be yourself. And if you are yourself, whether the fans love you or hate you, they are going to respect you for being real and being yourself. The second that you start um, acting or pretending or becoming somebody other than who you really are, the audience will see through it in a second, um, <clears throat> i.e. other cast members. But the point is, is that, um, is that, she did that really well, and she, you know, that was the thing that she told me, you know, she goes, actually, that, that was, like, exactly what I did, and I said, that's the best thing you could have done. Um, now, when it came to the reunion, I mean, I definitely talked to her about it. I mean, her and I talk, you know, almost every day, at least not wow. every other day. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we just become really good friends, and, um, and we just, we just, uh, we just, I really just gave her advice of, like, look, like, you know, don't don't be scared to to fight the battle. You know, don't be scared to go in and 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 just tell it like it is. I mean, you know, I, I the funny thing is is that I could have warned her till the cows came home about who Tamara is and how she manipulates and calc is calculating and you know does things you know with the press behind her back and all the stuff. I could tell her all the things Tamara's ever done. But the funny thing is is that. When I got to know Kelly, when I met Kelly, Kelly had already experienced a lot of it with Cameron. Right. Cameron had reached out to Kelly's um, Kelly's uh, ex-fiance's new wife, and Cameron was already trying to get dirt on Kelly through several people in town. So, and Kelly was told about it. So Kelly already knew that Cameron was kind of that person that was out trying to get dirt and do all this stuff. Meanwhile, Tamara's on a show going, I'm, a, I'm such a good Christian. You know what I mean? So She was doing it, this all behind production's back, like when things weren't being filmed? Oh, oh gosh, yeah. That's, that's the thing that Tamara's the best at. She loves doing that kind of stuff. She, she, she's such a, a shit star, it's not even funny. Um, yeah, no, no, she does, she constantly, I mean, do you remember when I was on the show and she reached out to Play's ex and called Michelle, her? Michelle, right? Yeah, 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 of yeah, course. Yeah. Try to get all this dirt on on Slade. Well, she she call, has called several people, and then what she always claims is that oh, they reached out to me. Well, you're a liar because no, they don't. <laughs> they don't reach out to you. Um, you go searching for it, and many of Tamara's friends that are no longer her friends have confirmed a lot of the stuff for me that they literally used to be there. Why Tamara's on the internet, like 
searching and going, no, I got to find some dirt on Gretchen or whoever, you know, that she was trying to find dirt on. It was mainly me though. So, um, so, you know, sadly she, you know, she, this is how she plays the game. She plays it really dirty, but then she goes on camera and is like, no, look at how good I am. I'm a Christian and I'm changing and I'm so great. But yet she's behind the scenes, you know, spinning and doing all this stuff. So, um, so when I, when I, you know, got talking with Kelly, Kelly had already experienced a lot of that with Tamara. So, you know, Kelly was just like, whoa, like, I, I didn't know this is what I was signing up for. And I go, trust me, girl, I know. Like, I was in that same boat, you know, five years ago. Well, now it's eight years. But, you know, eight years ago when I first signed up for the show, I certainly wasn't anticipating that people were going to try and destroy you and take you down and, you know, make up lies about you and do all this crap. So, you know, I just... You know, and I and I don't like to sit around and talk bad about Tamara. That's like not my intention. But when I get asked a direct question about yeah, of course, stuff that's going on and what what somebody's doing, well, I and answer it honestly. Which better? Who would be better to talk to about this than someone that's experienced it and also experienced it in a way where Kelly, who has had several con- confrontations with Tamara, would want to talk to someone who's been through that with another person on TV. I mean, it's a very, there's a very, very small circle of people who can actually say, I've been there, I get it, and here's what worked for me, exactly. you know? Exactly. Um, talking a little bit about their trip, which you brought up, the trip to Ireland. So I feel like you probably know this, but um, there have been many, many, many viewers in Real Housewives super, fan, super fans who felt like Shannon and potentially Tamra's suggestions to Kelly about drinking and yada, yada, yada were less so about having a good time and more about getting her potentially a little naked wasted. Did you yourself, did you see a parallel with that? Well, I mean, listen, how can you not? I mean, you know, I watched the reunion and I watched, you know, Shannon's explanation of that. And, you know, I've only met Shannon a couple times and, and, you know, it's been fine. But I will say that ever since Shannon's influence of Tamara in her life now, I feel like she has changed. And I feel like she, you know, isn't the same sweet, innocent person that we all were introduced to the first season she came on the show. And... Um, you know, I'd like to believe what Shannon said on the reunion. I'd like to believe she said, you know, she had no intentions of getting Kelly drunk. But when you watch the footage, it certainly doesn't look that way. <laughs> I mean, it certainly is a little fishy that she walked, got up, walked out of the scene and right. said, make it a double. I mean, if she wasn't trying to do that behind anybody's back, why wouldn't you just say to the waiter, make it a double? I mean, that, that, that's going to make anybody question that. Right. So not, not to mention that she doesn't have a camera there, and you hear her kind of whispering it. Right. So, you know, it, the whole thing seemed a little shady, and because I don't, I haven't spoke directly to Shannon about it, you know, it's hard for me to make that judgment, and I, you know, I don't like to make judgments on somebody, you know, when I haven't spoke to them directly. But, of course, she's going to try and, you know, say, oh, I was just trying to have fun because she looked horrible in that moment. And it definitely was a reference back to, meaning I could definitely see how the audience would reference, oh, this is similar to the naked wasted time when Tamara was like, let's get Gretchen naked wasted and whispering in her ear. Now, if you watch that scene, Tamara the whole time is giving 
Shannon a look the entire time. I mean, it's like they're darting eyes back and forth to each other the whole time about getting drunk. And you see Tamara, like, wink at her one time and, like, do all this stuff. So it's like, how can you not think that Tamara is somehow involved in that or, you know, encouraging her to try and get Kelly to drink? Now, you and Tamara notoriously had sort of a rough start when you first came on the show. Then you guys became, like, what seemed like genuinely good friends. And then toward the end, it just kind of all fell apart. Do you think that kind of trajectory, which she also had with Vicky, will happen with Shannon and uh, her ladyship, Heather Dubrow? <laughs> well, it kind of already happened with, with uh, I'm sorry, with... Uh, Heather. It happened with both. Yeah. I mean, it happened with Heather that one season at the beginning. I mean, they, they seemed to get it back together, but that's because Heather was kissing her ass so much. Um, which, you know, I'm, I'm sad about because, you know, you know, I, I, I really don't have any issues with Heather, and I've always liked Heather, but, you know, I, too, think she's drank a lot of the Tamra Kool-Aid, and, you know, there's been a couple things that she's done that's been very hurtful to me that I just feel like, you know, I, I, I just feel like she was telling me one thing behind the scenes and then, you know, putting something else there on camera, and it, and it really hurts because I thought that we were friends and we were cool, but, um, you know, I guess it's just part of the game of the show, um, but... I will say that she kind of already did that to Heather. And then, um, you know, her first season, she obviously burned Shannon. And ever since then, she's, you know, still gone out of her way to try and, you know, fix that. And, and to a point where I think it was more of a, you know, trying to hurt Vicky with it. I do. I think, I think a lot of that was, you know, she hated the fact that the fans loved Shannon. And mm -hmm. then they were so against her. And I think that Tamara knows how to play the game well. And she knows who to who to buddy up with and whose side to be on. And I think that's the side she's on is, is the side that benefits her and makes her look good. Do you, has now, she, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that Tamara and Shannon's relationship is not a, a real friendship now. Right. I don't know. I'm just saying that I don't know if the motive originally behind it was, was authentic. Has Tamara ever reached out to you behind the scenes or no? Has it been like dead silence? Mean, since I left the show? Yeah. Oh God, no, no. Really? We, had a, we had a pretty, we had a pretty bad, uh, bad ending to that, to that relationship. Was it anything that we hadn't seen behind the scenes, or was it all in front of the cameras? Oh no, there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but I'm, I'm unfortunately not at liberty to talk about some of those. Got it. It, it will, it will, uh, it, it's contractual things that I'm not allowed to talk about, but. You know, there will be a day that I share it, and there will be a day that the world knows the truth about a lot of stuff. Wow. There will be a day. Ah. I just have, to, I just have to, uh, to be patient and know that in due time it, it will come out. And then please send me a Google calendar <laughs> invite when that day happens, and I'll put it on my sketch. It will all be in my book one day. Love. Oh, my God. I love it. Um, so talking a little bit about, you know, this season – if you were Andy at this most recent reunion, was there anything that you wish you would have been able to ask, you know, the folks on the couch? Yeah. I would ask why Tamara thinks it's okay to say, I'll fucking kill you and threaten somebody's life. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think that's taken it way too far. I think when, uh, Portia and Atlanta Housewives mm -hmm. pushed Kenya and they got in a fight, she was, she was fired for a year. 
and let go, and she was, or whatever you call it, I don't even know what you want to call it, but it was, um, she was sort of suspended, she was demoted, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I think there needs to be some accountability to these women that, you know, just because you're on a TV show, um, you know, doesn't mean you get to, uh, to go against what uh, is okay within public policy. I mean, threatening somebody's life is against the law, no right. matter what way you slice it. So, you know, I think that the rage and the anger that you heard in Tamara in that moment um, is, is very much who she is and is very much who we've seen come out several times over the years that she tries to pull back sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that there needs to be a line drawn in the sand sometimes, and I think that the network was uh, was being very, um, uh, what's the word? They were being very careful not to bring up uh, that that situation again because I think the fans were pretty upset about it, and I think that the fans were like, you know, that's, that's not good, it's not okay, and I don't care if it was Kelly, I don't care if it was Heather, I don't care if it was... Vicky, I don't care who it was. Like, there's just some things that take it too far. And physical violence, and, yeah. Yeah, and violence is just, it's, it's not its not okay. I mean, the thing that we got to remember with these shows is that you have young, young girls watching these shows. And, you know, I had a girl tonight, I, one of my good friends was up in San Francisco, and he was out to dinner with one of his friends, and his, his their daughter was a huge fan, and I guess a huge fan of mine, and she, he calls me and he says, Oh my gosh, I have this girl here that's a huge fan of you. Will you talk to her? And I said, sure. So I'm talking to her. I said, honey, how old are you? And she's like, I'm 13. And I was like, oh, Lordy. I'm like, wait a minute. So you were 10 when you were watching the show? Oh my God. Like, it just, it like, it literally is mind boggling to me sometimes. First of all, the parents are letting, you know, there's seven to 10 year olds watching the show. And secondly, you know, I get concerned because, you know, I don't want these young women thinking that this is okay, that you can, you know, be in a retail store and push somebody or hit somebody or whatever happened because we don't really ultimately know. You know, obviously Kelly's version is different than what Tamara's trying to, her spin that she's trying to put out there. But, um, you know, that th- th- you're sitting there screaming at somebody, I'll fucking kill you. I mean, it's just like, to me, that is such a poor, poor example uh, you know, to, to, I mean, a lot of the things that happen on the show is a poor example. I'm not going to lie, but like when you start getting to that point, that's just, that's scary. You know, it's scary. And I just don't think it was appropriate. And I do think it needed to be addressed. And I think Tamara skated on that. The flip side of that though, is that there are people who go too far during production. And then there's this whole thing now because of the world of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and other social media channels where, you know, it's kind of like there are these online duels between housewives and then sometimes fans. Um, mm-hmm. And I've seen a little bit of Kelly, whose first season it is, you have to sort of caution it with that. So this is her very first experience being on this kind of public stage, but really, really going after people, you know, just fans and viewers. Oh, yeah. Is there any way, have you ever spoken to her and said like, you know, I think you're taking this too far or is it just one of those things where she'll figure it out with time? You know, I don't think I've ever really talked to her about that because, you know, I don't, I mean, I, even though I do follow her on Twitter and stuff, I, it's not like I watch every single thing. She's right. Like, but every now and again, obviously something will come up about it and I'll be like, oh, no. And I'll like stick my head and I'll be like, Kelly, right. <laughs> what are you thinking, girl? You know, but 
I also don't like necessarily offering up my opinion about something unless I'm asked because, you know, I just think sometimes that can isolate you, yeah. um, you know, with, with friends. So, you know, I, I don't think that it's appropriate for me to be like, you know, this is totally inappropriate. You shouldn't be doing this. Um, I do think for sure as, as, you know, first season, I think that she really just, you know, is, is really taken back by, um, you know, the, the fans and what trolls they can be and how mean they can be. And I will tell you this, in defense of her, and Andy said it on the show, she is probably one of the more polarizing uh, housewives. A hundred percent. In a really long time. So I will have to say for, you know, for the first time for somebody coming on the show to have that much social media interaction and to have so many comments per post, and it doesn't even have to do with the show sometimes, and she's getting 600 comments of people going, I hate you, I love you, I hate you, I love you. It could, it would be overwhelming for anybody. And how Kelly deals with people attacking her, she attacks back. I mean, we saw it all season on the show. Right. So... I think that, you know, it's very authentic to who she is as a person. Um, and I don't think that, you know, I don't think that necessarily everything she writes or says is right. But, you know, these people are trashing her, too. And they're telling her what a piece of shit she is. So, you know, it's human nature to want to respond in the way that she does at times. You know, I mean, so why is it okay for that fan to say, you know, you're such a piece of shit, or, you know, I hope your family rocks in hell, or I hope your family, you know, breaks apart, or whatever the horrible things that they're saying to her. I mean, like, is she really off-kilter off, off to say back, well, screw you, you know, you're a piece of shit too? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, where is that boundary? Why is it okay for everybody to trash her, but she's not allowed to trash back? So, I mean, there, there could be that side of it too. If it was me or if she asked my opinion, I would say, honey, you got to just let that stuff roll off your back. And the second you engage these trolls, they want to come after you 10 times more. Um, so, you know, you got to look at the hate as, as almost as a compliment in some way. And, you know, for me, the best answer I ever learned, and I did tell her this one time, and she was giggling when I told her. She's like, that's such a great answer. Is, you know, when people would really be nasty to me, I would just write back and say, Jesus loves you. And they had nothing to say back. What? <laughs> they were like dumbfounded. You know, they were like, I don't even know what to say to that. You know what I mean? So, so you know, there's creative ways to, to respond back to people that, you know, can kind of be a little bit of a dig, but yet, you know, not, not completely um, trashing them. I certainly don't think that Kelly's just going after everybody and anybody for no reason. I think there's a legitimate reason why, you know? Right. I think that there was, there was some example where a woman posted something on her Instagram that I'm sure was not the nicest comment in the world. And then Kelly, poor Kelly went on this woman's like private Instagram and said, you know, you need to lose weight. Your daughter's ashamed of you or something, which was like, which was like, sweetie, (laughs) this isn't a normal girl fight. Like you have an enormous amount of power. And I think it's sometimes because some of these because people can have troll-like moments and because so many of these fans feel a deep ownership over the show and over some of these relationships, lines are certainly crossed. I think that sometimes for housewife, housewife fan interactions are that kind of gray area because you do want to be able to defend yeah. yourself, right? Because it's your reputation yeah, yeah. at risk. It's also your job. But at the same time, that higher road... 
you know, hashtag Jesus loves you could be a little bit of a salvation for her. Um, well, I do agree with that. And I certainly, you know, would encourage that every time I, you know, speak to her about anything like that. But like I said, I can guarantee you knowing Kelly and I, and I don't really know because I didn't see the post, but I can almost guarantee you knowing Kelly as well as I know now that if she said something specifically about her daughter. Oh yeah. She'll go back. Well, no, meaning if the girl, if, if, if Kelly said something about the woman's daughter, it's probably because the woman first said something about Kelly's daughter. A hundred percent. Yeah, because there's no reason that Kelly would just, like, all of a sudden be like, oh, your daughter would be ashamed. Like, I just, I can't imagine her just, like, going there for no reason. And, you know, it's kind of like what happened with Tamara. It was like she was, she was pushed. Like, she, like, Tamara just, like, went all cray-cray on Kelly. And she's like, what the hell? You know, and it was like, she just immediately was like, Okay, no wonder your daughter doesn't talk to you. And I and I think that it was a very, like, authentic thing, off the cuff statement. I don't think that she was by any means trying to like hurt Tamara or take Tamara down or anything like that. I think she was just like, well, gosh, now that I see the side of you of this like kind of just flip, you know, cra- go crazy side of you, it kind of makes sense to me why your daughter wouldn't talk to you. I don't think it was like, oh, I'm trying to make you know hurt Tamara and make Tamara look bad in that moment, you know? Yeah. So I just. I, and I only say that because I just know Kelly well enough that she really does have a very big, good heart. Like she really does. She just doesn't know how sometimes to control her emotions because her heart is so big and because she's so full of passion about so much stuff. Sometimes she doesn't know how to control that passion. So can I ask you a question? Because I've loved talking to you and you do still have a voice on the show do you think realistically that you'll return? It makes sense for you too, because you have this close friendship with Vicky. You're friends with um, with Kelly Dodd. Is that something that you could see happening? Because if it should happen, it should genuinely happen like next season. Well, here's the thing. Uh, it's kind of a complicated slash loaded question because the way that I've always um, address this question in the last three years that I've been off the show is, you know, I never say never because you just never know. Right. I, I, you know, I could wake up tomorrow going, yes, absolutely, let's make it happen. Or I could wake up tomorrow and go, hell no, you could never pay me, you know, uh, you couldn't pay me $5 million to come back. So it really does, it really is kind of, uh, uh, I could go one way or the other. With that said, um, I, I find it interesting that you say that I still have a voice or I'm still somewhat a part of this because, you know, I, I do I do find it ironic or interesting that, you know, three years after being on the show, how much they still do flashbacks of me, how much they are constantly referencing things, how the last couple of years I've still gone and watched what happens and voice my opinion or every time I step on a red carpet, any time I talk about the show, it's in the press, it's being, you know, printed what I say, people still... The fans still seem to care what I what I think or what's going on, and I'm so 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 grateful that I've been able to um, to still make an impact with the fans, and people are still interested in, in my story and what I have to say. Um, so I'm so grateful for that, and I think that would be one of the reasons that I would want to ever say yes again is because I think the fans just I mean I, I literally I'm still shocked and flattered at the amount of, you know, tweets and things that come in to me constantly saying, please come back to the show, you're so missed, please come back. I mean, you know, there's not, 
There's not a time that I don't go out in public that somebody walks up and says, you got to come back to the show. I mean, really, like, it's just consistent and all the time. And I and I literally kind of look around like, like, really, is it still happening? Like, it, it, it really, it's, it really truthfully does shock me because most people that have been on the show, they come, they're gone, they're, they're not talked about anymore. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that if I was to ever make the decision to come back, it would truly be a decision based off of, um, the fans and and the fans saying you got to do it, you got to come back. Um, I, I there is so many parts of me that you know immediately my knee jerk reaction is absolutely not. I would never come back to the crazy. You know, Tamara was out to destroy me the first round. Why would I go back for round two? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like why would I want to put myself in such a toxic environment when you know my businesses have completely uh, you know, excelled and, and grown because partially because of leaving the show. I mean, a lot of times, you know, a lot of people love me from the show, but they're like, sorry, but we're, you know, a little nervous working with Housewives. And now it's like, oh, yeah, you're on the show, great, but we love your products. Let's bring your products in. So I've been, I've been recognized and seen in a different light than just, you know, Housewives fighting. It's like I'm really, you know, building a business and, and building a reputation within the fashion and beauty space. But, um, so I'm making this a very long answer, but like I said, it really is a complicated answer. And I really, I just always say never say never because if the circumstances were right and the right amount of money was offered and I felt like, you know, I was going to be on the show with people that I really want to be on the show with, then it would be a possibility. If, if certain things didn't align or, you know, I, <laughs> they were like, if you and Tamara, I'd be like, hey, I'm out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> So it just it really would depend on the situation, but I will say this, you know, I think that unfortunately um, some things that the way that you know the the relationship ended with the network um, and some of the things that the network had done to me, um, I just I really think that it, it, it I would be I would think that it would probably more, be more of a not going to happen mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, there was just some things where they crossed the line. My life was in danger. They did not, uh, they did not seem to care. And that was where I just drew the line. And I just said, you know, enough's enough. I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue to be a part of something where you just really don't, you know, take into consideration, you know, what your cast members are, are presenting to you with evidence and, you know, stuff saying that this is taking it too far. So, you know, if if the network and I could work something out where we're all on the same page and where, you know, I feel comfortable, then it could work. But there's, it would have to be a few things that have to be right. The, you're, Probably a lot more information than you ever anticipated. Well, though. your life was in danger? Is everything okay now? No, I mean, no. I mean, you know, it's not, it's, it's, um, you know, it was something that, that the network was aware of. We had let them know several times that it was a very real situation. I was in court for six years with um, a guy that I have seven charges against for stalking and harassment and all of that. And oh, my it, God. It, you know, Tamara was very much a part of it, and Tamara encouraged it and kept bringing it up, and I said, enough's enough. Like, I'm not going to continue to allow you to put my life in danger and my, um, you know, well-being uh, just so that you guys can have ratings. It's, it's not it's not okay anymore. So, 
Well, hopefully yeah. there's resolution on that front um, soon. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, you know, the, the truth is, is I went to court, I had seven counts against the guy, I have a restraining order, so, you know, things are better now, but, you know, and I, and listen, I love working for Bravo. I always had a, an amazing, wonderful relationship with them, you know, they always were the ones, they always were asking me to do a lot of their symphony advertising. I went to a lot of their, you know, um, their uh, what's called spotlight advertising gigs that they did where they'd have certain characters or certain people from the shows come and meet with all their advertisers. And they used me for a lot of those things. I did a lot of their commercials. So I had a really, really great relationship with Bravo, and I love working with Bravo. But, um, but you know, there, there's, there's times in your life where you're faced with um, a choice of integrity and a choice of, of really self-integrity and a thing, you know, I'm only going to allow things to go so far or allow things to, you know, there's a boundary. And I had a boundary. And, you know, I made it very clear to them. And they, they you know, chose not to to um, respect that. And so at some point in your life, and, and most people will be faced with these decisions. And, and that's where your true character shines through is how you deal with that and how you decide, you know, to move forward. And I could have very easily said, okay, the fame and the money is more important to me like honestly some of the other tax members do, um, but it wasn't. And, and I said that my self-integrity was more important and my safety was more important. So that's Damn. what happened. Oh, my God. Gretchen Rossi. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you're in a better place now, 100%. It has been such a pleasure talking to you. Can I ask you just one serious spill the tea question as we wrap up? This is super tea, though. This is like spilling it, drinking it, (laughs) dropping the cup, cleaning up after yourself. Have you – this is just inspired by rewatching the third third episode of The Reunion. Did you ever hear any rumors that Eddie was maybe a friend of Judy, as we say in the theater community, that he was potentially uh, on the DL – Yes, a lot. Shut up! Oh no, it's it's a rumor that's been going around town for years. Yeah. Shut. Up. Yeah, and actually, there's a there's a lot more to that story, which I think one day that will come out in the book too. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I'm gonna be reading that very first chapter, just <laughs> just like flipping through the pages and the index. Yeah. So I can't yeah, wait. Oh. Like I said, they call it a rumor because you know. Does anybody really know? I mean, I do know one person that knows that I know that told me things, but you know, I've never. It's not like I've ever walked in a room and seen it myself. So, um, but yeah, it's been it's been. There's a lot. There's a lot of backstory to that story. Like a lot. Like you would die. Like the fans would die if they knew the truth behind that whole deal and relationship. I mean, you guys would die. Like die. Like fall over and die. Well, I think I just died. So rest in peace. Rest in peace to me. Um, On that note, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time. This has been incredible. And um, all of our listeners will go to GretchenChristine.com for more information on your company and collections. And everyone, I know that you are already, but follow Gretchen online for more. Um, Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being um, a, a... such a delight. I really genuinely am, am thrilled. So thank you so much. 
And we'll... well thank you. Thanks for having me on. And oh my gosh. I, and I wish you continued success in everything that you're doing. Thank you. Tell Slate I said hello. I will love. Okay. okay. Happy holidays. You too. Bye. Okay, guys, there you have it, an amazing interview with Gretchen Christine. My thanks to her. As always, my thanks to Camille Harris for our super sassy, phenomenal original theme song composition, and to Andy's Girls um, special associate producer Robin Brown this week for really hooking us up. Um, Thanks so much, guys, and I will speak to you soon. Okay, bye.